0: Here's an HIV pill dilemma for you. Picture the scene. There's a rooftop sunset with fairy lights and you're vibing with friends. You remember you've got to take your HIV pill. Important, yes, but the fun moment is gone. Did you know there's a long acting treatment option available? So catch the sunset and keep the party going. Visit pillfreehiv.com today to learn more. Brought to you by Vive
1: Healthcare. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future. That's plannedparenthood.org future. Happy New Year's,
0: ladies. Happy, Happy New, New Year's.
2: Year. I'm Sam Sanders. I'm Saeed Jones. And I'm Zach Stafford. And you are listening to Vibe Check. This week, we're doing a special episode on music, which I'm excited about because Sam Sanders, I think, has the best music takes in all history. Oh my God. I just have to say that up top, but we're going to do something fun where we all pick some music that's meant a lot to us. So I'm really excited to dive into that. But before we start sharing our feelings, how are we doing this week emotionally? You know, we've talked about
1: this before on the show, seasons changing. And right now in LA, as we tape this episode, it is actually quite cold and I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) I was dressed as if I were exploring the Antarctic this morning, walking the dog and I'm wearing, like, camping socks, like the really thick ones. Yeah, those are thick. It's not
2: a game out here in these streets, kids. That's how I'm feeling <laughs> right now. I will say L.A. does break you. I can tell the difference in one degree yes. change, because L.A. is such a <laughs> constant temperature, <laughs> that if it goes to, like, 68, I'm like, something has happened. You're like, oh, I can off. feel a change. Yeah, but it is, yeah. to affirm, Sam, it is L.A. cold. We have entered yeah. L.A. winter now.
0: Y'all are stressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. We are. We are. I love the drama of Midwestern weather. I like the change and, you know, because I, I don't know, it makes me help me feel like time is passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but then I woke up this morning and I like turned to my windows and I couldn't see anything. It looked like a white sheet had been hung outside my window and I it threw me. And I walked up and I realized that it was like the densest fog I've ever seen. You could only see for about half a block Mm -hmm. in any direction. And it's mostly burned off now. But I was like, woof, anyone trying to fly in or out? And then someone said, like, even schools were delayed by two hours this morning. Wow. the fog was so bad. Like, even on the ground. Like, it was, I don't know. Is that a metaphor? Do you feel
2: like this is an omen of some sort?
0: (laughs) It did feel ominous. You know, because I always think of that Stephen King movie, The Mist. Yes, oh my God. (laughs) So I was kind of like, Caesar, we are not going outside until...
2: (laughs) I get that fog. I literally was on a plane recently and my plane landed in fog in New York City. That was so dense. We landed a bit sideways. Like I have never had such a bad landing. We're at one wheel, the wings were like kind of slanted. Uh-huh. And I was like, we're, you were riding go- the soul plane. I was like, fog. <laughs> yeah. is no joke. I was like, we're it's actually going pretty, to die. You yeah. know, maybe. Yes. But it was because of the fog. I think they got it Ooh. messed up. So no, fog is real. Fog metaphorically, fog physically. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Listen. But how are you doing, Zach? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're in the holiday season, which reminds me I'm from the South because I have to be here so much in the South. It's just like a constant commute to Nashville International Airport, which is- I uh, do
0: have a question about this for all three of us. Do you feel that travel, I feel like post-pandemic, it it just feels a little bit more- um,
1: Ghetto? (laughs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) I
0: was trying to search for a nice word.
1: Air travel is the ghetto. It feels very Greyhound energy, Mm -hmm. Uh Greyhound bus energy. Yeah. Yeah. People have lost all sense of decorum in airports at this point. 100%. I see people barefoot. I see people loud. I see them watching videos on their phones with no headphones. People are rude. People will push in front of you. The ghetto. Well, we're going to get to our chat now about music. But before we get into that discussion, want to thank all of you who have sent us fan mail and tweeted us and DM'd us. We love hearing from y'all. Keep it coming via email, vibecheck at stitcher.com. Vibecheck at stitcher.com. With that, let's jump in. Let's go. I've picked three songs all on a theme. They are three songs from iconic black musicians who we love. But these are the kind of songs that we don't go to them for the most. Mm. When we think of their most iconic songs, we don't... A little bit different. Mm -hmm. But my argument for each of these song picks is that these different picks are actually the kind of songs that they were always the best at. We just didn't appreciate Mm -hmm. it. That said, my first pick is Whitney Houston's I Love the Lord. It is a gospel track from the soundtrack to The Preacher's Wife, written by the legendary classical and gospel composer Richard Smallwood. For those who were too young to know, after doing The Bodyguard in 92 and Waiting to Exhale in 95, Whitney Houston made a holiday movie with Denzel Washington called The Preacher's Wife. It was a One black of the best. church film directed by Penny Marshall, of all people. And the soundtrack to The Preacher's Wife became the best-selling gospel album of all time. And at this moment in her career, Whitney had gone from making Bubblegum Pop to more Black-influenced R&B. And this was the first time people heard her sing gospel. But my argument is that this is the best iteration of Whitney. And at mm-hmm. her heart, she was always a gospel artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you hear her sing Hasten to His Throne with the Ooh. full choir behind her, you say to yourself, this is how I was meant to hear her voice. Mm-hmm. I, like no other song matters once you hear yeah. this song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting I'm chills like, yeah. you who? just who? thinking of yeah.
0: the titles of the songs from this album.
1: Yes, yes. So- and so my first pick is just Whitney singing church music because that is where she came from. That's
2: where her roots are. And
1: I would argue that's where she sounds best. Yeah. It's her going
2: home. And, you know, I feel like yes. with church and her very complicated relationship with religion, her family, where she was raised and where she was trained to be Whitney Houston, I think when she does go back, that those moments of gospel music, allow her to kind of suspend the reality that is her life. That is one of dealing with drug abuse, all these things go away and she gets to go back to, you know, her happy place of singing in the gospel choir. Yeah. So it's just really beautiful. I'm sure too. I mean, there's yeah. a
0: parallel, because I agree. I mean, I listen to the preacher's wife soundtrack pretty often. I have, frankly, was traumatized by my experience with the church growing up. So I don't have a lot of warm memories there, but that album is transcendent right like even if you're not of the christian faith she's able to reach a depth in her and access a part i think if you're right sam like a part of her voice that you could just feel it it takes it higher and it makes me think of you know aretha when she mm-hmm. does her gospel album again mm-hmm. like demonstrating i never left the church mm-hmm. yes. like that resonance is really powerful yeah oh
1: yeah yeah it's
0: kind of interesting these black women who i think i'm like it's pretty clear that they're all of the christian mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. feeling the need over the course of what Four decades to kind of demonstrate, like, no, like, this is my faith. Why am I? Why are you trying to undermine me in this way? That is a kind of insidious thing they must have to deal with.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and the backstory of Whitney Houston's journey while making the preacher's wife makes the poignancy of a song like I Love the Lord even more Mm -hmm. powerful Mm -hmm. because she was in the throes of addiction while filming this movie Mm -hmm. and they had to stop production several times for her to get it together and so the Whitney Houston that you hear on the soundtrack of the preacher's wife was pushing through all of that and still Mm. gave you some of the most amazing gospel performances of all time she made the best-selling gospel album of all time while in the throes of addiction it's sad it's tragic but it speaks to her gifts it speaks to her gifts the gift almost conquers all yeah and it's divine
2: but also, I, you know, just to bring a moment, a levity before we go to your other songs. Can we talk about how A Preacher's Wife is the horniest church movie ever? It's a very <laughs> horny movie. <laughs> well, Denzel it's Washington very, shows up in your church looking like that. It's like,
0: are, like are we going
1: to fuck yeah. this angel or not? Are you having sex not? with the angel? Like or no. <laughs> <laughs> and we should clarify, the angel is Denzel. It's Denzel Washington, yes. Yeah,
0: and also the movie is great. The movie is great. There's a moment when the pastor her husband asks another man to take his yep. wife out. Like, it's kind of... A, it's, <laughs> yes, there's like, what is
2: it called? Cucking? What's the it's term? A,
0: it's, there's, there's something going on. There's also, something going on. Also, don't act like you don't know,
2: Zach. And What's remember, the word,
0: Cuck? And then remember... <laughs> Ah, Don't, do her, that. Don't her husband, pearls. The only Don't reason the pearls. husband, it seems like, is really angry is because she sang the special song.
1: Like it's very mm-hmm. like there's It's a lot. lot
3: it's a lot. Watch on. that movie.
1: Watch that movie. All right, <laughs> Whitney. We love you. We mean it. Also, the music of Richard Smallwood is iconic. He's probably most known for this song that he wrote for Whitney for this soundtrack, I Love the Lord. But my favorite mm-hmm. song of his is a song. Called Total Praise. And even if you think you don't know this song, you do know this song. Every black girl who thinks she can sing at one point will sing the refrain at the end. Amen. Um. That's Richard Smallwood. who also wrote the song for Whitney. My second pick is Marvin Gaye. So Marvin Gaye is perhaps most well-known for his smooth R&B and his political lyrics in albums like What's Going On. But I would argue that Marvin Gaye is at his best when he is sensual, and he's at his most sensual, not in songs like Let's Get It On, but in the follow up album called I Want You, came out in 1976. One of the singles and the lead track on the album was called I Want You.
3: I want you I want
1: try, it is the sexiest horniest Marvin Gaye song of all the Marvin Gaye songs and it's one of my favorites of all time so it is my vote for horny Marvin
2: over political Marvin it works for me I have a personal question. I know you listened to Marvin Gaye growing up as a young, very evangelical gay boy who had not really found himself fully as gay yet. But what did you? He stirred my loins. Yeah, I was like, what did you (laughs) (laughs)
3: feel? I was like,
2: is Marvin Gaye your gateway drug?
1: Yeah, that voice, (laughs) that falsetto. Falsetto was inherently queer. Yes. Yes. Right? It, it is. is. Falsetto is queer. Is. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love but that.
1: this song is amazing. There's also a performance he does of this. He's backstage, about to go on stage to do some big song, but he's on the couch and his band is in the green room and they've got their instruments and they just start jamming. And then Marvin Gaye laying across the couch with his arm hanging off the couch, Ooh, starts singing perfectly, I want you. mm. It is the most beautiful, arousing thing you will ever see. Horny Marvin is the best Marvin is always. Okay, I'm I mean that's Horny funny Marvin. Marvin, I know. <laughs> all right, my last pick is another version of an artist that I think is the best version of an artist. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Beyoncé. A lot of people think peak Beyoncé is pop, like Single Ladies or Halo. A lot of people think the best version of Beyonce is Beyonce rapping. A lot of people think that the best version of Beyonce is like throwback, old R&B, like Love on Top. I would argue the best version of Beyonce is like R&B for outer space. That's what I call a lot of her music. A lot of the early Destiny's Child stuff where they're just singing and kind of weird with it. It's like, for me, iconic Destiny's Child and Beyonce R&B for outer space. And I think the best okay. example of Beyonce for outer space music is Countdown, mm. which is probably my favorite Ooh. Beyonce yeah. song.
0: It's That's
1: the kind a of song, song. song where you hear it and you're like, this is weird, but it's really catchy and I love it. It sounds like it's not of this planet. It's just so hyper and out there. It but is it's so also bizarre. a song that only Beyonce could sing. That's all I got. Beyonce's countdown. It's the best version
0: of her. I love that. I have a memory when the countdown video came out. I was in Amsterdam. It was amazing, it was an amazing video. and I had just taken shrooms for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Just like whatever the images and the music you're listening to w- when your trip starts really kind of deter- And I remember just feeling like Beyonce had like created a roller coaster mm-hmm. that I was riding for the next two or three hours. Yeah. It was great. It was well, a this time. is the thing
1: about Beyonce like, she's a consummate performer and a musical genius, but at her core, she's kind of a weirdo. Yeah. The thing mm-hmm. that she does when she's having the most fun musically are strange yeah, yeah. she's, she's strange. a music nerd exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. at your all next right. dance party children play countdown Ooh, make the girls yeah. dance <laughs> hey, play that tonight you don't need
0: a <laughs> dance party just do
1: it yeah I love so this those are my picks that's it that's all I got okay alright those are great picks thank you alright time for a quick break when we come back more music more more more
2: Hey there, Zach Stafford, co-host of Vibe Check. And something I heard really early on in my career was this phrase that has never left me. It is, you can't be what you can't see. And for me, that is so true. All of the black people I got to grow up and watch on television, be journalists, and so much more are the foundation to why I continue to have a media career. And that's the case for so, so many people. And if you're looking for the next generation of influential Black voices in media, you can find all of them on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Schmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still, Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: all right. We are back with more vibe check. And now is the time for me to share my songs. And in typical Pisces fashion, my songs are mostly about my personal feelings and where I was at my life. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> where I was and why they come to me. So this process was really funny for me because I went through all my like, liked Spotify and Apple music playlists. And I scrolled to the very mm-hmm. beginning of those apps, like, you know, twenty, what, 13, 14 to find things. And it was fun. And during this dig, a song that came to me that I forgot how important it was to me, so important to me that I launched a Tumblr Based off of the imagery in it, was the song. Oh, wow. Licorice by Zelia Banks. Yeah, I hope you feel all right. Yeah. Ooh. Good song. Do you do you remember this song, Sam? That was so good.
1: All of her songs kind of run together to me because it's always like chicka chicka chicka.
2: Well, it's <laughs> the one that she's riding, she rides a horse, she has a bat, she dresses in yeah, uh you remember Licorice. Is, come on. I'm sure I
1: do. I mean, I always remember 212 when I think of that girls episode that uses 212. Yes.
2: I mean, this is the same era. 212 okay. was okay. life-changing for me. One, two, That's when I used to sneak into gay bars, yeah. and they would play two-on-two at this bar called Scarlet in Chicago. And me and my best mm-hmm. friend Vince Soto would go dancing. We would order 40s, because they serve 40s there. It was like it was bananas. Whee! Yes. Okay, it was a mess. Okay. And um, and it was just a time for me. Azalea Banks encapsulates a lot of my moving to Chicago becoming very, not only aware that I was definitely a black gay man, but becoming incredibly proud of it. And Licorice Mm -hmm. is a song, while complicated, like the refrain and the bridge and everything's about like, she is licorice, she's she's a black woman, she's delicious. Don't you want to take a bite? Don't you want to like consume her? Doesn't she catch your eye? And it's kind of one of these first records when she kind of hit the scene and blew up as a rapper before the tweets yeah. happened, that people were like, wow, this is kind of the next Lil' Kim. Like she's able to use sexuality and present a lot of empowerment and agency in it. And she's also taking us further within this practice and making it really, I mean, it went really mainstream. 212 was everywhere as a song, and then licorice mm. was the follow-up. Yeah. And to this day, I know people battle their demons like in Kanye West. I no longer battle those demons because that man is very clearly anti-Semitic and clearly mm-hmm. needing to go somewhere and sit down. But Ellie Banks is someone that I think we have never given a lot of grace to and she has definitely messed up and definitely done a lot of bad things. Yeah. But I yeah. do feel really sad for her because her star was so bright in the beginning and there were mm-hmm. rumors she was going to be on a Beyonce album, a Lady Gaga album, Rihanna. And it all kind of fell apart because we don't give a lot of leeway to Black women in music ever. So yeah. she messed up a few times, and then kept messing up, and now continues to <laughs> mess it up. But yeah. in the beginning, when it was pure, it was so exciting to see her step mm-hmm. up to the scene. Oh God, yeah, she
0: was gonna take over the world. I seriously oh, did.
2: Damn, yeah. loved yeah. her. It's a challenge to celebrate her because She's of, a mess. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't make it easy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's that. The second song is called Catching Feelings by an electronic artist named Riton. And it's a collaboration with two Nigerian artists named Kylo and Mr. Easy. I'm not catching feelings tonight. I made up my mind, but I got up every time. You in my head but the song is an electronic song. It's wonderful. It's not like the most famous electronic song in the world. But for me, I listened to it at a time in my life where I was working too much. And remember, Sam, you came to me one day at a dinner and like questioned, like, why did I work so much? Oh my God. I was like, what are you doing with your life? You were like dead behind the eyes and like on autopilot. I was and like, I'm like, worried about yeah, you. Yeah, I was like doing AM to DM. Yeah. I was the Energy for the Advocate. I think I had a podcast at Luminary. It was, a I was like, a, I wasn't was sleeping. A I lived in two places. Yeah. It was a mess. And in the midst of that, I was like, I was cracking. Like, it was hard. It was very tough. And world pride was coming. And I just, like, at the time, being so gay professionally— There were days I was, like, flying to Toronto for the day to do a speaking engagement and coming back to prep for the show. It was just a mess. And for somehow this song, Catching Feelings, like Earworm, it sounds very Caribbean, too— like popped into my Spotify feed and it just became kind of this like safe space for me to go in between things to kind of like sit in this like really like Afrobeats exciting song. And then in the midst of this, a friend of mine decided to sneak away to St. Lucia and he was like, he was going through his own trouble and his own stuff in his life. And we flew to St. Lucia where we didn't really have Wi-Fi service. And before I left, I downloaded a few songs. And one of them was the song Catching Feelings. Okay. So for me, it's like this like moment of me sitting on a beach where no one can get a hold of me and me just listening to the song over and over. And I feel like all of us probably have that song that for some reason you just like live in oh, and yeah. love and it becomes like a blanket and And it latches to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it made like the lyrics of the song have nothing to do with what I was going through at the <laughs> time. But it just was kind of this like <laughs> reprise from uh, a reprieve. It just yeah. becomes a soundtrack yeah. of that moment. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, I love it. But it got me through. Now I'm better. I'm more alive behind the eyes. Um, Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We're here. We like We're that. Here. We like that. And then my final song is to build on Sam Sanders. Another mm-hmm. gospel song. And it is Amazing Grace yes. sung by Aretha Franklin. Whoa. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Gospel hymns are something we all grew up listening to, but when you have these iconic right. artists, take them on to remind you of their roots, which Aretha Franklin at the time, similar to Whitney Houston, people were saying that she was you know, not a Christian, that she was too sexy. She was all these things. She wasn't a church girl. And she did this album to remind people, like I grew up, deeply in the throes of the church. My father is a very famous mm-hmm. pastor. And like, this is so important to me. And you listen to the song and it just like, I don't care what religion you are. Even if you don't have religion, it just moves you deeply, 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 deeply. Yeah. Um, and it takes me home. It takes me to my grandmother who yeah. passed away. It takes me to my family, all that. Well, and like when you even think about
1: Whitney Houston coming out of gospel and Aretha coming out of gospel, these were two women who for decades after their rise influenced the way everybody else sang in pop. And that just reminds you how much gospel music is the DNA and fundamental building blocks Mm -hmm. of American popular music. Yeah. All the shit that we like on the radio that sounds good and sounds up and sounds fun, there's a direct through line to gospel music. It comes Mm -hmm. from that. You know, there is no black music without gospel music, which means that there is no top 40 as we know it without gospel music. It's all going back to the source. Even the sexiest, most scandalous songs
0: exist in relation to either like rebellion or kind of changing what like religious transcendental ecstasy into just sexual ecstasy so oh, there's yeah. a lot of like so even like the structure of the songs may actually be surprisingly similar
1: yeah oh totally and like these th- these genres at the sacred and the secular are always in conversation with each other and like yes. you say saying Said, one cannot exist without the other but my favorite emerging of sacred and secular this was like in the mid to late 90s when 90s r b was just dominant there was a, almost a call and response to that in the gospel world. There were a lot of slow jams written as love songs, mm-hmm. but to Jesus, it mm-hmm. was so weird. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. I mean, that's still a that thing. A I thing. feel like
0: that's like a whole cottage industry. Yeah, yeah. Like People being hip-hop. horny for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like hip-hop church <laughs> songs and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Anywho, all I'm saying is gospel. It's where it's we at. Get it. it really is. And we gospel also it. when gospel intersects with house music, it's a really wonderful oh, moment. There's so some like, iconic yes. dance tracks from the 80s that are gospel inspired. So anyway, gospel music is where you should go to find inspiration, find the beginnings of all, you know, spiritual or really soulful music. So people should go back. But mm-hmm. listen to Aretha Franklin, listen to Whitney Houston and watch that doc Yes. Watch the content. Amazing film. Grace. Yeah. It's incredible. Amazing. It's Grace. an amazing, yes. amazing film. So, all right. Well, with that, we're going to take another quick break. And when we're back, Saeed Jones will finish this episode sharing with us his favorite songs.
3: Stay tuned. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Issa as host Issa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: All right, we are back. Welcome to the chaos segment, children. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> not the, not I hope the Disney enjoy,
0: villain laugh. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the thoughtful meditations <laughs> on music and the secular and the sacred given to us by Sam and Zach. Because I <laughs> uh, have come to you with three songs that mm-hmm. I used to dance to alone in my bedroom for hours.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> Let thought, so, us have it.
0: One of my early cherished possessions that my mom was able to get for me when I was a very little kid was a pretty good, like one of those like CD sound systems that had like, it could hold six CD ROMs. That was like a big deal at the time. I would lock myself in my room and dance for hours and hours and hours. And this leads to the first song I picked. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and Dallas happens to be where Barney, the TV show, is from. I didn't know that. Huh. It was public mm-hmm. it was public television in Dallas. It was like all the rage. And by that point I was like, maybe in kindergarten. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I would be dancing to this first song, CNC Music Factories, Gonna Make You Sweat.
2: Wow!
0: I would dance for hours just kind of coming up with, I didn't even know it was like called choreography, just for hours, just like (laughs) boom, 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 (laughs) until it was time for dinner. So much so that finally one day my mom came into the room and was like, they're having auditions for Barney. Stop. (laughs) You should... Put together a routine. And I was like, what? Huh? What's an audition? And she was like, it's tomorrow. And then she just, like, closed the door. And (laughs) I was like, (laughs)
2: huh? Oh, wow. (laughs) That is amazing.
0: And I just went back to it. And I was like, well, what do I do? And I was like, this is the song. And so... (laughs) At some point in probably 1991, 1992, a oh little Saeed Jones stood in front of three producers oh my God. in Dallas, Texas. my hand, I remember my hand was shaking as I handed oh. them my cherished CD oh. of c Music Factor. And again, I didn't understand. So nothing was planned. It was literal. You know that movie, like Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. were dancing like that? <laughs> oh, no, I was girl. Like, just let the spirit just <gasps> go. Just go. And this the song ends and I was like and thank you so I didn't get the role
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my Wait, do you ever imagine what your life would have been like if you got on Barney at that age? Oh, my God. Probably
0: cursed. Oh, my God. A child star? I couldn't handle that. (laughs) I I clearly do not have the constitution for that kind of life journey. (laughs) 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 That's amazing. (laughs) My imagination was just all about that space, and I just loved it so much more. So I really gravitated towards songs that I was like, oh, I could put on a show with this one. Mm -hmm. And the second one, I feel like if you're a black gay man alive now in your 30s, You have a relationship to Janet Jackson's If.
1: Dan Jackson in that era, that era of the self-titled album, because If was on the same album as That's the Way Love Goes. That was the one time in my life where I was like, Am I actually sexually attracted to this woman on my TV? <laughs> it was as
0: close as <laughs> I we. I don't have. know. I was very close.
1: <laughs> very so close. Good.
0: So this was the beginning of me because the music video was so incredible. I like learned the choreography, and I remember like Show the us. incredible like Show us. the songs breakdown,
1: like Oh, I loved it. They're like in the desert. Yes. Her all her cool friends. Yes
0: kind of futuristic and I was just like obsessed absolutely enamored with the inventory of that damn song could do it until probably up until like 15 years ago I probably could have done the choreography without warning just at any moment
2: I loved it I loved it we love it that is a way to like you could turn that song on in a club and you would be able to see who's black and gay and grew up (laughs) right away Yeah, like an way.
0: immediate just d- d- immediate <laughs> test of the emergency rhythm section. Yeah. Dude, like,
1: yes. Like. Well, and it's also like, I don't think the Gen Z babies understood just how ubiquitous Janet was mm-hmm. in that moment. Right. So she had had several hit albums before her self-titled album. She comes out of the gate as even a bigger sex symbol. The first single from the album, That's The Way Love Goes, is number one for like, 10 weeks and then the videos from this album live on mtv and vh1 for like two or three years yes she has one of the most successful world tours ever around this album and she's on the cover of every magazine yeah multiple i mean times. the rolling stone multiple cover times. i think is still
0: one of the most iconic yes stone
1: covers like we time. think britney was big we think beyonce is big right. One, both of them were taught how to do it by Janet. Right, and they Janet would tell was bigger you bigger than them all. They'll yeah. tell you. They yeah. would yeah. tell yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, like yes. Brittany will say, "I wouldn't be here if not for Janet." And what's funny enough, there were several songs that Brittany took that were meant for Janet. Biggest among them being "I'm a Slave for You." Right. Janet was Which like, "I don't get it." I- to this day, I'm fascinated by them. I'm
0: like, whoo! Who, sat down in front of song. Janet Jackson. <laughs> it was like, let's do a song from it Gary, Indiana. It was like, yeah. So here's the song. It's called "I'm a Slave for You." Okay,
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. also, yeah. could yeah. you imagine that song coming out today, even by Britney Spears? Like, it was, can't do it. Whoa, bad vibes, <laughs> bad vibes. Bad vibes. Can't do it. Can't do it.
0: And then my last song, I had to ask. I mean, I loved Brandy. I loved Brandy so much. And I, you know, I was thinking the other day about like how far we've come in terms of sexuality, gender, you know, being able to be our authentic selves. I remember Brandy was like my everything. I loved all of her music, but I I was so worried that if someone knew at school that I was a big fan of Brandy's music, it would basically mean outing myself. Mm. Um, And so because she was my music, everything, I couldn't even talk about music at school. I've just been thinking about this, like little Saeed, Dancing for hours alone in his bedroom and that it was like there was so much energy and passion because I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable talking about Janet or Mariah or Brandy, you know, or Madonna with any of my classmates. And I'm just like so happy that we can fully Kiki out now. But one of my favorite Brandy songs of all time is from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack.
1: Which is a phenomenal soundtrack. I baby. mean, next all baby. hits, no next skips. Baby.
0: And like star-studded. Uh-huh. And I think Babyface produced it yeah. and it like yeah. it shows mm-hmm. all hits no skips yeah. but I think my favorite uptempo song from that album is sitting up in my room First of all, mm. the music video she that, that mm-hmm. code. Yes. 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 Oh my God. And I just like, I'm so happy as like a kid of the 90s to have grown up in a time when a black girl next door was on my screen yeah. like weekly. Yes. You know, like Brandy, Brandy was Cinderella, she Brandy was Moesha. was Moesha, and she was at the top of the billboards, just like killing it. And sitting up in my room is a song, baby. And this one, you you do dance to it, but it was more like Pretending that my bedroom mm-hmm. was the bedroom on, mm-hmm. on the music video mm-hmm. set. Like, that was the vibe I was serving. Yeah. Oh, God, I love this
1: song. Brandy's story is so interesting because her parents knew she had the gift from a young age and she wanted to make mm-hmm. it. And so they were starting to, like, do the rounds that parents of potential child stars do. And they would take her to agents and they would take her to folks. And they're like, this can be the next, like, Miss All America. She's got it. She's got the yeah. smile. she got the voice. She can also act. And all these agents and scouting agents would tell her, we don't think a girl this dark can do that.
2: Mm, She
1: can't be that kind of all-American girl. And Brandy said, oh, just wait. I'll show you. And she doesn't just have a hit R&B album or a few with this squeaky clean image. She goes on Mm -hmm. to be in Moesha. She goes on to lead the reboot of Cinderella. She Mm -hmm. becomes Black America's sweetheart to spite those fools. Yeah. So, like, the whole path of her yeah. career, it's just
2: beautiful. And there's something about how she was allowed to be a little girl through all of this. There was never this, like, this desire to over-sexualize her, to take away her power agency. Mm-hmm. Like, she was allowed to, like, grow up at, like, a good pace on her television screens right. that was just really nice as a black kid that was younger than her to be like, okay, I can look up to you and I'm going to grow up with you. Similar with yeah. your know, sister-sister. We grew up with them, too. So, it did feel yeah. like, I don't know what the kids watch now where they feel like that that parallel happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean cuz even with this video and this song it's
1: very high school crush energy. Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah, not overtly it's, it's sexual. very like
1: yep. I'm nervous about going
0: downstairs yep. and going to the party and doing yeah. the, the electric slide.
2: Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's cute. So
0: awesome. You know, ultimately, there was strain there, too. I mean, she got to, like, a really difficult time in her life where I think performing the expectations of that all-American girl were really, like, taking, you know, a toll on her body and in her health, you know. But I just think she's incredible. I think Brandi Norwood is an American legend, and we need to give her flowers. Yeah. And she's still doing great music. Yeah. I want her to do another And album. that have insane. can sing. That have oh, can, can sing. sing. What do they call her? The vocal bible? The vocal bible. Mm-hmm. For a reason.
1: For R&B lovers, she is the vocal bible and the album that is like the sacred text of her vocal bible is her 2000 album full moon oh yeah the whole thing is produced by rodney jerkins and that motherfucker slaps that's she did thing. that's a good album baby
0: well i pay homage to my queens the queens of cnc music factory jana jackson brandy uh i love you all so much little saeed Thanks you. <laughs> Little say. thank you. This was really fun, y'all. I loved this. It was fun kind of getting loved to it. build a playlist with each of you. And of course, listeners, we want to hear what are some of your favorite songs? You know, what are the memories that they bring up for you? I love that, like, the three of us found different ways to kind of think about what we wanted to talk about. This was so fun. And as always, you can email us at
1: fivecheck@stitcher.com. At Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Vibe Check. If you love the show and want to support us, please make sure to follow the show on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Also, tell someone to their face to listen to this show. It works. Trust me. Turn to your neighbor and say, There neighbor, you go. Neighbor? Have you heard of
0: Vibe Check?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Huge thank you to our producers, Chantel Holder, engineer
2: Brendan Burns, and Marcus Holm for our theme music and sound design. Special thank you to our executive producers, Nora Ritchie at Stitcher and Brandon Sharp from Agenda Management and Production. And last but not least, thank you to Jared O'Connell and Amelda Skinder for all of their help. And don't forget, you can email us at vibecheck at stitcher.com And keep in touch with us on Twitter at
0: TheFerocity, at Sam Sanders, and at Zach Stafford. We don't know how long we at are going to be on there, but talk to us while <laughs> you. (laughs) Talk to us while you can. While you can, Um, baby. (laughs) Get it while it's hot, baby. Use the hashtag vibecheckpod. Also, you can follow us on TikTok at vibecheckpod. Stay tuned for another episode next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm.